Just so everyone is aware, I will say video cast sometimes because I actually have a YouTube channel. If you would like to check me out, it is called The Gospel Call. There you can watch my sermons and interviews with people where I ask for their thoughts on the afterlife. I go through the good person test and even talk about the wonderful plan of salvation, like how Jesus paid for all our sins. Yeah, that one. I also have a TikTok channel at The Gospel Call No Spaces and Instagram, also The Gospel Call No Spaces. So thank you very much for checking out my podcast. I hope you enjoy it. God bless. Shalom to you. I am Samuel David Spoonauer. <laughs> and I am Stephen Spoonauer. I'm uh, Samuel's brother. <laughs> On top of being the youth pastor at my church, I'm also a professional videographer and filmmaker. Oh, and you forgot the ugliest person on earth, too. <laughs> what is your name, sir? Welcome to the Gospel Call podcast. Today, we'll be talking about whether or not Gen Z will actually become a revived or awakened generation. Did you have an opinion? I do. Okay. Would you like to hear you it? You share your opinion first, yeah. and then we'll go into some past. All right. You're more or less curious about what I think about Gen Z. Sure, because I've interviewed quite a few of young people, so I... I know where most of them line up, at least in Monroe. But I have also seen Ray Comfort. He comes across the same spiritual attitude. So something something that I find interesting about Gen Z is it's very it you you have this you know you have the different generations that come through, and you have you had your um, you had the generation in World War II. Everything was very. World War II created, I think, the biggest split off and restart, what I would call a restart in our country, yeah. where where people are realigning their values. They're like, oh, snap, we could die. We could, our, our families are out there, you know, sacrificing their lives and dying. There are other families out there dying. Maybe we should, we should actually have something of value. And so after World War II, you see this ridiculous increase in church attendance. And that's where you really, yeah. you really see this, this big cultural movement of America as a whole is actually Christian. Like Christianity has always been a predominant factor about right. American yeah. life. Oh yeah, but it, of course. But it's always been it's always been much much more separate. And I would I would argue it was still pretty separate even during the fifties and sixties. Um and then the younger generation growing up very spoiled and I think this is the biggest influence in the sixties? In the 60s. Yeah, yeah. rebellious and you, 60s. And if you've seen the movie Jesus Revolution, you see where that breakoff happens with the hippie movement. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, everything's fine. We don't really need this Jesus guy because everything's going great. So mm -hmm. let's just do whatever the heck we Once want. Once bad things start happening, then, right. then they're like, oh, well, we're in a bad street. Well, well, you had a, a real huge time where people are like, oh, snap, drugs and sex don't actually fix my problems. Yeah. And so you had a huge majority of hippies and a huge majority of those people turning to the Lord. And like, like I, ex I explained this actually to um, a Chinese translator when I was working. I actually had the opportunity to work with some Chinese um, children who had come over, who had come abroad for a tour yeah. of the United States, and I was supposed to be their spiritual teacher for the week. Yeah, you and, told me. Um, yeah, well, at camp, and well, they wouldn't know. So keep talking, the viewers. 
Um, and I, I was explaining this history to him because he was, ta- he was talking about how the attitude of, of America, how different it is. And that really is the cutoff point is that attitude during the hip, that hip, what I call the hippie generation is we can do whatever the heck we want. So you have these people who didn't turn from the Lord, right? Who didn't follow him, but they still have families. They still have kids. They still get married. Yeah. And these kids are growing up more and more godless as time goes on. Yeah. And so then you get to millennials, right? And millennials really ask, what do we need at all? We haven't had a serious war around here in forever. We had we had the Twin Towers, yeah. the, whole thing, the whole 9-11 thing, but, but that... You know, that was, I mean, unless you were in New York, most people, they just saw it on TV and it, it was kind of done in, in about a, in about a year or so. People are like, okay, everything's okay. It's not like we fought in a five-year war. I mean, I know we weren't there for the whole war in World War II, but so you, millennials really started to push saying, I, I want to, you know, everything's okay. Everything's cool. Same attitude with the hippie generation. And it worked for them. They did okay, not really paying attention to the history, but they did okay. So why can't I, right? Why can't I do what I want? Because there's no real adverse consequences. And everything about society is trying well, to that's your truth. R- remove those consequences, right? I can do whatever I want because there aren't any real consequences right. out there. No, because Taking away responsibility. Everyone's bending over backwards for me, right? Yeah. Gen Z comes along and says, boy, these people are messed up. Yeah. Their lives are messed up. There's a really big f- trend right now on TikTok called trad, which is saying, you know, traditional values are actually a good thing. Uh, you know, actually work. Like, because, I mean, and, and this is how they think about it, right? Uh, like with hookup culture, you're telling me that by sleeping with a different person every night, that that somehow makes me more free when now... I actually have more people that I'm emotionally attached and being broken with. I'm att- emotionally because when you when you get together with somebody, right? There's an emotional attachment oh, yes. that always has to come. So you're saying I get with that person and then I emotionally rip apart from them. I go to the next person emotionally. How is that helping me? It's not. So trad has become a huge thing on TikTok when saying, you know, I'm growing up here and now I actually have to adult and. <laughs> Adulting and studies show, and and this is just this is just a study out of Barna that eight like eighty six, and I'm not I'm not shooting down people who want to be single, but eighty six percent of people or eighty six percent of women in this study say they want to have kids, mm. they want to have a family, right? So you want to have kids, you want to have a family. What kind of guys do you go after? You go after the guys who are actually going to be working, so you can have kids, and if you're having kids. One of you's got to stay home. And if you're marrying somebody who can help take care of that, chances are you're not marrying somebody, you know, because you're planning on having your own career. You're, you're, you're marrying somebody because you actually want to have kids. You want to take care of the kids. And so you got to have somebody who can take care of you while you're at home with the kids. It's so funny listening to this because I'm thinking like, oh, they're actually starting to get an idea of like what the Bible says you're supposed to do in the first place. You'd think if you'd actually go to, and I realize people call it an instruction book. It's so much more than that. Hmm. But God's actual layout and original plan for just the average human life, it's genius. It's absolutely genius, and it works in almost every situation. Not that every person is perfect, 
but that it fixes all those problems that we see in marriage and in families and and takes away divorce and you know a man and a woman loving each other properly and having marriage marrying each other because they both love God and they want to serve God putting God first and then each other um, above other things and we're just getting into marriage now but the point mm -hmm. is is that Gen Z is starting to realize that these old traditions that my grandparents have like maybe I should have some of those too because it's helped them live their lives and they always talk about all this um, peace that they've had in their lives and great marriages, right? It's funny that Ray Comfort comes across Gen Z so much and that they, they'll do these interviews and they really listen to him and they take everything that he says with a sober attitude. Let's like 90% of the videos that I have seen. Like some of them, yeah, they'll joke around just because they're they're fun people and um I even I meet those people at work. I have I have coworkers like that, but still even when I talk to them about these like serious things about sin and about uh, God's judgment and about Jesus dying on the cross, it's like it just clicks in their head and they start to realize I'm I'm in danger. This is real. And I know it's real because this guy really cares. It's just, it's almost like they don't have people in their lives that care about them. That, that really seems the time they don't. Right. And in fact, over 60% of families are divorced. Mm -hmm. So most of these kids live in divorced homes where yep. they, all they see is parents not really caring for each other. And then, henceforth from that not caring for the children i and it's all about me 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 i i i so when someone else comes up mm -hmm. to them and goes out of his way to tell his concern for him they listen they really really listen and they appreciate it so sharing the gospel with these people it's just amazing well and, it, and it's not just that it's it's that they have something beyond them you know when i if you of want course. to talk about you want to talk about Gen Z being open, it's not necessarily being open just to the scriptures, and this is where we have to be careful sometimes because there's the, this the and I'm not Gen Z either. no, but Gen Z really loves the idea of being spiritual, right? Being spiritual and in some way because you know millennials suck. <laughs> <laughs> We just we that, can say that because we're not I'm, not. I'm not saying. I'm not just saying. I'm Our not saying that as me. Millennials, no, which I'm, is nice. I'm not saying that because of me. I'm saying Gen My Z. Uncle is. I'm saying Gen Z looks at millennials and they they look at hookup culture. They look at they they look at the they look at that you know no bars attitude, um, no responsibility, mm -hmm. and they say, man, that that doesn't really work. They see they see the attitude and and especially the millennial generation was this really big push and not all millennials push this but during the, during especially the millennial generation of no god no god right mm. god out of school no god forget it no god but now they're like you know okay if i don't have god my parents aren't around half the time you know i i worked i worked with a girl i worked with uh i, I worked with a girl once um and she was still in elementary school still in elementary school her mom got pregnant when she was 14 and and had this girl while she's in elementary school her mom had already been with six different guys six different guys that she had kids with yeah and then she's off with her and then she goes off to a relative and in that relative's house they're doing drugs 
and they're giving her drugs. This kid, this kid's like 11 years old and already getting hooked on drugs. And because of that, and then on top of that, she's getting bullied at school. Um, she feels more like a, more like a boy. So she, she wants to, she wants to. LGBTQ, well, no, you, IA+. Because when you're in that community, you're accepted. Everyone yeah. will shut down everybody else for you, even though the, it has nothing to do with you. We don't actually care about you as an individual. It's just the fact but because that you you're holding our ideology, yep. we're going to kill everybody else who doesn't hold. We're going to shoot down everybody else who doesn't have our ideology because you, you just hold to our ideology. And I think, I think the reason Gen Z is so attracted to the real Jesus of the Bible the real Jesus of the Bible and are turned off by so many Christians is because a lot of Christians are the same way. I like you because you come to church like I do and you do all the stuff I do. So I hold you up. But as a person, I don't really care about you that whole much. So long as you're doing the right stuff, I see you're doing the right stuff. I like you more. I invite you to my house more. Which is not how it's supposed to be. I'm going to say something really harsh and something that I think even hits me home a lot. That I heard from that that I was really hit by somebody else, and that is that we invite people over to our house more if they act more Christian, right? We are. It's easier for us to. And I'm you know, look. I'm not going to lie that it's that's that's just a, a part of nature. But the reason I think Gen Z is so open to real Christianity is because it it has no it has no bars. It has nothing to do with ideology. It has no hills. It's not about anything you have to climb. It's not about anything you have to do. It's that God actually valued them as an individual purely because they're an individual that he made and he wants to rescue them from brokenness. inherent worth and value. Right. Right. He wants to rescue you from the brokenness and the hardship. He actually wants to bring you out. He wants to change your heart, which is naturally destructive, which which what you see in the people around you causes these things. And he actually wants to make you his child. And I, I think that's really why they're more, they're really open to hearing this. Cause it's like, Hey, that's, that's actually exactly what I don't get from my parents who are doing drugs and just, you know, doing yep. themselves and shoving drugs on me. And from my parents who just, you know, run off and they're with different guys every night because it's not about having a stable home. It's who do I want to hook up with tonight? I understand exactly what you're talking about. And, uh, honestly, for us as Christians, we need to be like Paul was with Timothy. And I was just going to read this. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. So he emphasizes beloved son. Uh, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you, even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. So he certainly cares about him and loves him and wants to see him, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Louis, Lois, Lois. Lois. <laughs> and your mother, Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. That is the NASB. But the point is, is that 
Paul is like a father to Timothy or was like a father to Timothy. And he, he points out the fact that his grandmother and his mother were influences on him in bringing him to Christ. And from him saying that he laid hands on him, he might have been the one who actually brought him to Christ. And that's probably why he calls him his son. It's almost like he's willing to, to take him into his house and as if, as if he didn't even have parents, as if he is actually his father, and he'd be willing to, to feed him, to take care of him, uh, and he thanks God for him, he prays for him. He's in constant, he's in, he also, even just through the books of Timothy, and we see that Timothy uh, is like one of the earlier uh, preachers of that time, and he's giving them all these instructions and what to do. And he's, he's doing it because he loves him and he loves the people around him. He cares about Timothy. Mm-hmm. Like he takes the time to care about him. I think that, I think that's really what Gen Z is looking for. And it's, and I think they are teachable. I think every generation is teachable. Ultimately it depends upon the person. Uh, it's not always the generation, but the generation just tends to have a, a certain mindset uh, that you can work off of. Well, and it, it takes investment. It takes investment. I think. A oh better, yes, I think lots the, of time. I think a much better example with this is Peter with uh, Mark. Peter with Mark. Um, so Mark, and this would actually be the Mark that wrote the Gospel of Mark. We know we know from historical accounts, and we know from other people um, giving testimony that Mark, the same Mark that. Just mentioned, yeah. yeah, that was mentioned in in the early gospel at the end of the Gospel of Mark because he wrote it that he was there when Jesus was arrested. Um, he had kind of been following from a distance, and he was interested. And then after Pentecost, and he gets saved, and and he he's on fire for the Lord, right? But he's scared. Mm-hmm. He's real scared because he's like, you know, man, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. Paul, because he, he went with Paul originally and Bar- and Barnabas, and he's just like. You guys are getting stoned. You guys are getting attacked by crazy people. You guys have witches so and and local warlocks who are putting curses on you. And yes. like, man, this is nuts. And it, you know the all the missionary stories that you hear. And so being scared, he just he runs out scared, right? And and a lot of times we, I I really think that's the attitude of Gen Z. But Peter really takes him under his wing. In fact, so much that in um, that actually in First Peter 5.13, he says, the church that is at Babylon, or referring to Rome, elected together with you, salute you, so does Marcus, my son. Um, he, he takes Mark under his wing yeah. as if he was his own son and, and really and sh- lays out everything and shares a lot of detail with him, um, which is why he was able to write the Gospel of Mark, because he got a lot of those details from Peter. But but taking the time to invest in Gen Z is what they're looking for. Gen Z wants it to be real. Yeah. There's so much fake. Yeah. There's so much. Be- and, and I think that's why the idea of spirituality is so real because it is, is so appealing to a lot of people because it says spiritualism can be as real as you want it to be, right? So you're like, I can have my cake and eat it too. Yeah. I could be spiritual. And still have that aspect that I think I'm missing, but I can still do it in the way that I want. And a lot of people are finding out that doesn't work too well. A lawyer asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, 
it said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I think it's in a different gospel, but he asked, um, you know, who is your neighbor? And he gave a parable but the, um, about the good Samaritan. But the point is, is that to everyone, mm-hmm. everyone is your neighbor. So Jesus is saying you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So it's not like I'm still not a hypocrite. <laughs> Every Christian's a hypocrite. If you weren't a hypocrite, you wouldn't need Jesus. The point is, is that we need love. Christians need love for Gen Z. Just saying that there's some perverse generation and there's no hope for them. No, that's that's ignorance. You need to try you need to love them, show them love, mm-hmm. and you can show them love by telling them the truth in a nice way, right? Just today, yeah. I made someone really upset. I said that uh, she needed to repent of her sins and trust in Jesus in the nicest way possible. Well, I don't know if it was that nice. Mm, I don't know. It was pretty you forward. Weren't, you weren't there, like, listening to my no, exact tone, yeah. but... But yes, I was like, I was light on my tone. I was laughing, trying to smile and she hated it because it's the truth ultimately. But I think with Gen Z, they'll take it. Most of them will take it in a very good way because of what they've been through in their lives. So as Christians, we need to pray for revival. We need to pray for awakening. We need to be out there, be a salt, be a light. We need to show love. As Jesus had showed love, I even sang a song on Sunday, um, Love as I Loved. And we need to love as Jesus loved. That's a good song. And he showed lots of love and kindness, and he preached the truth. Yeah. He didn't just do stuff, didn't no. just preach stuff. He did both. He did show and tell. And he did and a lot. That's what we need to do. And he, and he did a lot more show than tell. And I, I think that's the point. He would spend. He, he wouldn't. He had a lot of people he need needed to heal. I guess. Well, yeah, but I mean, he didn't. He didn't spend. He would spend some time preaching. There would be times where he'd be preaching for a long time, but most of the time, whenever you see, whenever you see them talking about what Jesus was doing, there's more. There, there's more spans of time. There's more spans of time of Jesus healing. Now, what's written down, and obviously you can't necessarily write down all about that right. because so it's not Jesus word, healed right? all these people. In the word of the Gospels, you have more about him talking because you have to fill it with something and you, you fill it with his teaching. But most yeah. of the time you say, okay, he showed up and from morning till evening, he's healing people. Morning till evening, he's investing in people's individual problems and taking the time to fix them. And once he's fixed their individual physical problems, he said, hey, you know those physical problems I fixed? I got, I got a bigger spiritual issue. You're the one that's the example. And I think that's, that, that's one of the huge things that we have to remember is that for Gen Z, because they're looking so hard, the people around them that are examples and those of us who are examples to others. And so I, I think the biggest thing that we all can do for Gen Z is one, invest in them, really pour ourselves into them and, and try to actually care about them as individuals like Christ does. And then second, do our best to be the examples for them okay. and, and really show them so that when they see Christ, they see Christ in us and say, hey, that God that you have, he's real. I want to know about him. But it is ultimately us trying our best to be like Christ and yep. being genuine. Yep. So us as Christians being revived yeah. and seeking Christ and 
trying to be proper followers of Christ and laying down our cross, denying ourselves and following Christ. And that means preaching and showing. It means both. So I hope this has been an encouragement to everyone out there. And thank you all so much for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful day. This is good.